Marcus Sahaba Online Radio. Empowering the Ummah. Sheikh Shoei Baida. And yes, uh, the program is uh, pertinence are punctuated. And on pertinence are punctuated, we really keep you punctuated with those uh, yeah, topics that uh, matters. And inshallah, this evening we have, as I said, Sheikh Shoei Baida, who is a Medina University graduate. He's an alim. He's an astute businessman. He's a motivational speaker. And a world-renowned broadcaster also, Sheikh Shoei Maida, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And tell me, how are you doing this fine, uh, beautiful evening, Ya Sheikh? Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to my dear brother, uh, Shafat Ahmed Khan, and all the listeners of Merkaz Sahaba this evening, the voice of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah. I'm saying, Alhamdulillah, what a beautiful evening. You can never thank Allah Smarta enough for giving us good health. Most in these trying times, and now you can see the masks are over, but the flu is still hitting left, right, center. So we have to be careful, people. Make as much to us as we can. Keep warm as much as you can, and keep yourself to hot and warm treats, and run away from the cold stuff. Yeah, absolutely, Sheikh Shoei Maida, and talking about colds and so forth. The sardines are here. Are you fond of sardines, Sheikh Shoei Maida? I love sardines, but I haven't tested any. I hope you kept some for me. Huh? Yeah, as soon as we get the crates coming through, I'll talk to my friends and I'll tell you exactly when I have some for you. And you come and fetch them, Sheikh Shreya Baida. And Alhamdulillah, very healthy indeed. And you know, they say where the sardine comes from, no one even knows. Deep, deep, some within the ocean, Sheikh Shreya Baida. You know, Allah Ta'ala is the sustainer and uh, he's the one that provides for us. You know, he just keeps that season where the fish must come looking for us. You know, we don't go deep looking for them, but they come out for us to say, now it's time to harvest. Allah sent us a sustenance for you. You know, it tells you how great Allah Ta'ala is ready, you know. All this, all the name of Allah Ta'ala brings mercy to his universe, uh, brings mercy to his creations, regardless of actually... Um, Status uh, in status, I'm talking about sinners and sinners. Allah just provides to so say one day you're going to realize I'm the provider and you come back to me uh, in Tauba and uh, understand who I am. So, this is just a sign that Allah can sustain us from every sources that we never expect from. And this is all to say Allah is great and Allah is the original sustainer. Shaf. Absolutely, Sheikh Shoemaida. And you know, we talk about our topic this evening is uh, protect the tongue. But, you know, what I'd like to bring to your attention, uh, Sheikh Maida, when we grew up as kids, you know, we respected our elders, we respected our grandmothers, grandfather, we respected, uh, you know, the family members and so forth. And, uh, you know, even we never back-chatted our parents. Uh, we were very obedient. But I don't know if you noticed the kids of today, uh, they're very glib with the tongue. Uh, they will, if you're walking in shopping malls, they'll actually scream at their parents and they'll bring up tantrums and... Uh, They've been encouraged by the circular world uh, to disrespect uh, the elders. They're, uh, you know, encouraged to uh, behave in such a manner like how these uh, cartoon characters of the Disney world, you know, absolute no respect and screaming and fighting. And if you're watching our cartoons, you see most of it is violence and more violence and screaming and talking out of turn and showing disrespect and sniggering at people. Perhaps uh, your thoughts and, you know, and, uh, you know, how it ties up with our topic uh, to protect the tongue, Sheikh Shreya Maida. I mean, you're a widely traveled man. You have lectured in uh, in so many different uh, Islamic institutes and uh, uh, 
uh, you gave seminars on uh, topics like this. Uh, talk to us, uh, Sheikh Shoei Maida. You know, Sharf, in this, it is a sad reality that, you know, we have our kids to, today where actually we have allowed the situation in our homes. There's no way, there's no boundaries when it comes to uh, children speaking, children actually expressing themselves. I'm not saying they mustn't express themselves. In certain instances, it's good because actually they stop us in our tracks when we do wrong. You know, when we lie, they cannot you lying. You know, this is what it is. It's good in sometimes, but I mean, the way it comes, sometimes it's good to educate the kids to understand that there's a, a code of respect that has to be followed and adhere to. Of course, whatsoever is wrong is wrong. It has to be addressed in that particular way. But certain times you need the kind of wisdom in order to address the wrong, in order to get the next person who is wrong, doing wrong, to understand in the best way possible that they've done wrong, I have to revert and turn back and be good. So that goes with wisdom. And talking about the kids today, the tantrums in the malls and the rest of that, Chef, we have we have actually uh, allowed this situation to happen to us, whereby we've let our kids being actually uh, taken care of by somebody who's a stranger to us, we don't know. And that stranger, when they're busy, they keep the children in the company of the TV, as you said, watching cartoons, jumping up and down, and the rest of that. And uh, most of the cartoons, they used to be good cartoons in those olden days. Today, if you look at it close, about 90, 95% of, of cartoonists got profanity, profanity and whatsoever, and all the kind of languages that you can ever think of. So you leave your child on that space, you're actually trading or teaching your child to learn all those kind of bad and foul languages that you never expect, that you never spoke at that age of them. So we understand this is the changing of words whereby we need to work. Both parents have to get busy to work so that they can actually support the household, which is actually understandable. But now when it comes to somebody taking care of your children, what criteria are you looking into? Because that is the main aspect that keeps you going. If your kids are taken care of in a well-mannered society, when somebody who's actually got Dean or religion in them, that is teaching them Dean, when you go and they can read Salah with them, teach them how to make with one, the rest of that, then let's be assured, let's be assured that you know you got uh, a help at home that is taking care of your affairs when it comes to your kids, talking about worldly as well as spiritual affairs. But if we just speak and grab from the street just because we pay is cheap labor and they're desperate, they won't work. And then also you're going to get a kind of desperate and rough and rush kind of uh, treatment that your kids are going to get in the house. And half the time you find these people so because, I mean, they can see whatsoever is in the house and what you're paying is not totally equivalent to, you know, the work that they're doing. And sometimes they end up taking things without letting you know. And sometimes you start getting up into trouble. So in talking about that, yes, Shaf, it is time that we need to start uh, checking our tongue and keeping it in check. And just to go back, Shaf, in the past two years, you know, that's the time where the biggest challenges has come to us Muslims of today, where actually we have to abandon the masajid and we have to be kept in the bubble. And uh, the most amazing uh, thing, Shaf, is that we kept in the bubble. The best way of communication you can ever do is to chat through uh, WhatsApp, uh, social media, and the rest of that. And uh, the best call you can make is a WhatsApp call, which is cheaper than a normal call. So it made sure that the bundles are, are cheaper so that when you're sitting in a bubble, you have all the time to look to all the nonsense that you can ever see. And uh, you have to get accustomed to that in these two years. When you come back, you're already actually polluted. Your mind is polluted completely. So we need to get back, you know, get back to our terms to understand, to say, you know, as Muslims, we are a religion. Uh, we, are, we, we, are, we are human beings that have a religion that uh, actually 
uh, emphasizes on uh, uh, community-based kind of uh, retreats, which means to be together as a community, sit once in a while as, as a community and discuss issues, have gatherings, come to the massage, have one program, you know, once, once in a while so you can have the kids and the families meet together. I think we need to bring back all that together because now, you know, you must remember Lauta has warned us to be, you know, to, to guard ourselves against Shaitan. As he says in Shaitan Alakum Shaitan to you is an enemy, you have to give him a treatment of an enemy too. So unfortunately, sharp things have changed. Whereby that enemy that we used to go look for and find outside now has changed the colors. The enemy is sitting in my pocket, Shaf. My cell phone has become a biggest enemy because everything I want I can get it there. You know, even now we talk talking about coming Kurban time, Shaf. This is a good time where we used to experience it together with the families. You buy the animal, bring it home, slaughter it in front of the kids and teach them. This is the sunnah of Ibrahim, wasalam. If it wasn't for his commitment uh, to obeying the commands of Allah Ta'ala, today I could have been slaughtering one of you, the children, yeah. But because of the obedience of him, and that Allah loved his obedience, that's why he's slaughtering the animal today. So everything is gone off-hand completely, Shaf. Even Kurban has become online Kurban. And uh, just now we're going to go to online Salah and online Duas, online Zikr. That's how it's going to. So we have to watch ourselves where we are. This space that we're putting, we're locked into that bubble so that we get accustomed to the culture of staying staying in solitude in the sense, not in solitude as such, where we can call it compared to itikaf. Itikaf, when you see it, you don't have to worry about yourself and it's between you and Allah, Ta'ala, Zikr and Salah is in between. But we're kept not in solitude, but we're kept to get a closer grip of shaitan's uh, ideas, which is uh, uh, the mobile phones that we had, the gadgets that we had with us, keeping us busy all those times, chatting nonstop, exploring things that are not right on the internet and the rest of that. So it's time we reverse all that kind of situation, bring back our families. Let's claim back our family times together. Sit with the families, whether before Maghrib when we come home, no phones, keep them one side wave, but you sit with the family together. You can leave your phone on when there's emergency, of course, you take them. It may not an emergency, of course, you can say we can talk later because we're just having kind of a meeting. I think we need to bring back all that. In this way, that's where we're going to have some kind of good lashing to our tongues, where we know how to conduct ourselves towards our families, towards our children, our spouses, and our close neighbors and our friends, because now we can chat and we can talk. Other than that, if you look at the language that we're talking, even on the gadgets that we have, it's not in complete languages. You know, we just put uh, symbols, L-O-L, you know, W, what, W, S-L-M, you know, things like that, of which if we sit and talking, bringing those terminology together, Shab, we'll learn to be going somewhere and getting back from, okay, the jails that we're sitting in the bubble, you know, bringing ourselves fresh and splashed up so we can actually reconquer the world. They try to conquer us, so now it's time we revisit our way of reconquering the world. And once again, as you said, Shab, the tongue must be wagging in the right direction because the tongue can guide us or the tongue uh, can even get us to the wrong direction, Shab. Yes, sir, Sheikh Shemaida, you know, some uh, very valid points there indeed. And uh, whilst you're talking, I was thinking about, uh, you know, you talk about Qurbani and the sacrifice that Ibrahim a.s. made and his son Ismail a.s. And here's a perfect uh, opportunity to sit with the, the younger members of the family and to talk about the relationship between father and son and, uh, you know, reliving the story of Ibrahim a.s. and uh, telling the kids, you know, he only saw a dream and in the dream he saw that he must sacrifice his son and... You know, what an obedient son 
uh, Ismail alayhi salam was, and you know how he told his uh, his dad, Ibrahim alayhi salam, you know what, Allah instructed you, you saw that in a dream, I know dad, it has to be done and so forth. But this was only a dream, but to show that the yaqeen, even the, uh, the, the implicit, implicit faith that the son had, and then, you know, you look at the Quran, you can even see some stories about uh, Luqman the wise, you know, Luqman alayhi salam giving a, uh, or Luqman, uh, Luqman giving uh, advice to his son and so forth. It's important for us to grab the opportunity or seize the opportunity to instill this in, uh, especially the younger members of the family, uh, Sheikh Shweb Maida. No, no, definitely, Shaf, you know, as you're saying, I mean, it's a time we revisit the relationship between kids and the parents. You know, we cannot say only the father and the son. Look at the mother that even, birth, that even gave birth to that child. You know, all this is a relationship that Allah wants us to understand. There's a lot of lessons we can learn from there. We can actually uh, di- dissect from there with our families. We sit and recall, you know, to say, when you make dua before Allah, which is, uh, you know, dua is a silah al as you understand, is a weapon of a believer. But now, how... Uh, is dua getting accepted before Allah Ta'ala. So if we start dissecting that to say, you know, you need to do good at all the times because your dua at times can be directly accepted and times can be indirectly accepted. If you look at Ibrahim we can bring the symbol to say it was directly accepted. When he was leaving his father, you know, he, he, he made dua. He said, I'm leaving my father with these actions. And you can see, I cannot live with him anymore. I'm going. But Ya Allah, if you give me a son, I don't want this kind of relationship between myself and the father. I want you to give the son that's very pious. And when he got, when, when Allah gave him the son, when it came to this time, we had a vision of him actually sacrificing his son as Qurban for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. The answer was, Ya Abatif Al-Matumar. What a sweet uh, vision of Arabic that to say, Papa, I do as Allah's commands you in a very sweet voice. Now you find me having patience in you, fulfilling the commands of your creator. Direct dua accepted and Allah's given a pair of son. And sometimes we need to talk to the kids. It's not all the time that Allah Ta'ala accept your dua directly. You know, we can bring in the story of Maryam alayhi salatu wasalam, you know, from my mother, Imrata Imran, the wife of Imran. When she was conceiving, she made dua, say, Ya Allah, whatsoever I'm conceiving, I'm carrying in my womb. I want to sacrifice it to you for your purpose, to service you, to save humanity, only to please you, Allah Ta'ala. And when it, it came to time of giving birth, she gives birth to a baby girl, which is Maryam, alayhi salatu wasalam. And she looks up, she says, Ya Rabbi, you've given me a girl. And Allah says, yes, your creator knows the difference between a girl and a boy. You know, and she says, what's well, to her Maryam, I'm going to name my Maryam. So anyway, she was named Maryam. And as Maryam is growing, that's when Allah Ta'ala answered now the dua that she wanted. She wanted a perfect son that is going to save Allah Ta'ala and save humanity. Allah Ta'ala makes Maryam give birth to Nabi Isa alayhi salatu wasalam. So there are a lot of lessons we can learn from this to say, you know, families, we need to sit together and when we make dua, one of us might have the dua accepted and one of us, the dua must, might be kept for the kids. Because you must remember, Shaf, we're a generation. You know, after us, there'll be our kids taking over. After them, the kids will be taking over. You know, it goes on like that. So Allah Ta'ala does not want to accept your generation closing up the gap, but sometimes the dua will be safe for your next generation that is coming. So continue and keep on making dua and keep your tongues wagging on the right direction. You must remember istighfar is a key factor to everything. So keep that istighfar coming at all the times and you make sure you be good and you do good.
definitely Allah Ta'ala will meet us halfway once we do good. And you must remember, If we have close bond with Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala is going to find us a way out uh, in any situation can be where and Allah is going to sustain us from the sources that we never ever expected and thought they could bring some kind of uh, salvation to us. Yes, sir, Sheikh Shoyamayda. Jazakallah for sharing that with us and some uh, lovely uh, stories coming through and uh, very apt indeed and, uh, you know, adding value to our program uh, this evening. And, you know, we talk about the children and as, uh, you know, some of the aspects that you already discussed, uh, we, we have to make sure that from a very young age, uh, you know, uh, children are nurtured to speak truth. And whenever they speak falsehood, we should be uh, telling them not to do it and, you know, uh, try and try and take that out, and uh, and and uh, we should make them uh, from a very young age to perform uh, maybe regular zikrullah or teach them to say astaghfirullah and uh, so forth, and uh, you know, um, and tell them to stop speaking evil. I mean, be careful of evil. But uh, Sheikh Shaybaida, how do you stop the tongue from speaking evil? What would you do? I mean, there's an evil. You know, it wants to speak evil. Besides zikrullah and all that, what is the best way of doing it, Ashek Shoyamai? That your thoughts? You see, Shaf, on that one, I mean, that's a very brilliant question you've asked. I mean, firstly, in, in order to understand the badness of evil, you see, you must remember when you talk in that kind of tongue, you find somebody hurting and somebody depressed because of the way you've spoken. So your tongue can be a weapon. You know, that could actually keep the communities together or your tongue can be a weapon that actually separate uh, the, the, the families together. So what you need to do as a first step or what I need to do as a first step, Shaf, is to put myself in the receiving end. To say, if somebody said A, B, C, D to me, how would I feel in that moment? Am I going to be happy? Is it going to make my day go well? Or am I going to be sitting in a very uh, bad, foul mood on that day? So once you sit and think about that, and then you understand that you know this should never be uh, uh, should never be done on the next person. And also you must remember it is part of faith. You know, to say you can never claim to be a believer until you love for the next person for what you love for for your own self. So in this case, it doesn't actually apply to uh, material things, but as well emotional uh, stress. You know, if you're a true believer, you wouldn't want to talk uh, to somebody in a way that emotionally you're going to depress them or, or emotionally demoralize them or make them feel so small and feel inferior about themselves. So if you're a believer, you make sure your job will be to be lifting other people's spirits. When people are down, make sure you lift them high. But you don't beat up somebody. When they're down already, you take a arm and start beating them. Then it means you're the weakest link of the weakest. Because, I mean, the strongest person is the one that lifts other people down. You look at Anabi Sallam when, you know, he rendered his khutbah on Hujjat al-Wada, just to give an example. He says, He says, the weaker amongst you are strong amongst me. To me, they're the strongest, you know, until we fulfill our duties towards them. So this is actually a kind of balance between the Muslims to say there's weak and there's the strong people. And why Allah did that is just to balance the equation. Because I'll give a great example, Shah. If he was a billionaire, I was a billionaire, and everybody's a billionaire, who was going to do work for everyone? Nobody was going to do for work for anyone. And what was going to be the end result? This whole world is going to be messed up because there's nobody that clean that can clean up the mess because I also got money, you also got the same money. So what's the big deal to go do that? I'll just sweep it out of my yard and it's there. One, one, one person will sweep it out of the yard, 
which means we want to have no roads because the roads are full of junk because nobody can take it out. But to balance us, just like how Allah has done in the, you look at in the uh, survival of the fetus in the in, in the bushes, you look at the scavengers like uh, vultures, you got hyenas that are meant to go clean up the mess that is there as well, you know. So Allah's balance in the way that, you know, we must have that kind of balance, strong and weak, so that the equation is balanced and the world runs smooth in that manner. But for us as Muslims, respect is what is actually should be uh, coming face before anything else. So think before you uh, open up your mouth to say something about the next person. Think of the better way of saying it. It may be something wrong, but somebody could have done it because they're ignorant about it. So think about the best way possible to approach the situation so that the end result must be yourself smiling, I've guided somebody, and the next person smiling that I've gotten the best of guidance, but not end result, somebody feeling inferior, feeling very small, and feeling helpless and useless because of how actually you diverge that information towards them, Shah. Yeah, absolutely, Sheikh Shui Maida, and uh, whilst you're talking, uh, a lot of uh, thoughts going through my mind, and you know, when you look at this piece of flesh, this is our tongue, uh, you know, it can mend or break a relationship. It can uh, create fitna and facade. It can lead to world wars. It can compromise uh, one's iman. And it can take you, you know, out of the folds of uh, uh, your, your, your deen. And it's all with this tongue, uh, Sheikh Shreem Maida, is whatever you're uttering, uh, you know, it is an indication of your whole being. Uh, what is within you, the tongue takes it out and shows to the world, this is what the person is all about, uh, Sheikh Shreem Maida. Your thoughts? No, no, definitely. If you look at the uh, tradition of Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu you know, one mentioned the Sahabi that went to him, but actually uh, he went and asked for advice. And our Nabi said to him, Amsiku alayka lisanak, he said, hold your tongue against yourself. You know, in this case, meaning that your tongue can be destructive or your tongue can be constructive. So in this case, if our Nabi Sallallahu mentioned, there's a, there's a part in the body, a part of a flesh in the body that can build and destroy. So definitely he spoke about the tongue. So the tongue, you know, has everything that is there, good or bad, the tongue can bring it. So make sure you guard your tongue. And that's the best way you can ever be. You know, don't just speak anyhow. Watch and observe at the situation. Sometimes it might be a good thing you're telling somebody. But the way you've said it, you upset the nation and people come and start fighting against you. And you sit back and say, but I was doing a good thing, a noble thing. Yes, you was doing a noble thing. But you must remember, Allah has said, when you have to deal with situations, you must deal with a lot of wisdom so that you do not hurt the next person. As I said, you get a bonus, double bonus, where you smile. To say, I've guided somebody or I've spoken to somebody on ears that were there, and the person is smiling and taking it and is happy to say, look, I'm going to use your advice and I'm going to go tell some of my friends that are also on the same thinking line that are doing wrong like me. I never knew this is how it is. So that's how we should be. You know, you must remember, uh, I want to be so seldom as mentioning talk to this to this regard, you know, in the Muslim man, you know, the Muslim should be the one where all the Muslims then come to him. They must find salama from his tongue and from his hands. So the tongue is mentioned again here yeah, to say if you make your tongue become salama to everybody, you become a better Muslim. So, yes, let's guard uh, this small uh, fresh in the mouth. It can cause havoc. 
and it can bring a lot of peace and harmony. So let's ask Allah Ta'ala that it tenish this Fish of piece of fresh for us that it must be the not that brings love and harmony and actually must bring peace among us, uh, everybody that surrounds itself. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, brilliant indeed, and I'd like to impose the point that only uh, you know, strong iman and a pious upbringing can help us uh, from keeping our tongues in check. Uh, and you know, our speech indicates, uh, as I told you, the level of our understanding and the words uh, we utter. It exposes our refinement or unrefinement. And, you know, uh, generally people that have uh, a good upbringing, that have a good command of uh, the uh, language of, uh, you know, a refined disposition and uh, those that follow the sunnah properly and embrace and celebrate Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa the, the way he should be celebrated. These are the type of people that will be saved from, uh, you know, uh, uh, from, from the destruction. But uh, it is important for us to inculcate the strong iman in the younger generation so that they can be saved from having a loose tongue, Sheikh Shoei Maida. No, no, Chef, you know, as you said, you know, it is actually good. We need to understand that we are a generation that is going to pass over Actually, they, uh, they stick to the generation that is to come after us. And now, what kind of stick are we going to pass over to them? That's actually should be our concern. As you said, I'm bringing the kids with a lot of iman and faith, showing them what is good and what is wrong, and actually guiding them on how to tackle situation when it's wrong times. And uh, that will actually save them when coming up. They really do understand that our parents did teach us that when it comes to this situation, this is how they dealt with it. And actually makes a good, actually, uh, a good point point to leave the kids with you know you're leaving a generation that will understand things solidly because you laid the foundation as a parent so we need actually to start making time for this because you know as we said chap you look at it today we don't have much of the time i mean all of us we have no time you know the time we have is actually to sit uh, or maybe to eat or so we don't even have full time to eat because while we're eating our phone is on the side waiting for which message message comes first or which jokes is the best of jokes or who's who who sends the best pictures who sends the best funny things uh, on my social media so i can distribute it even to everybody to my to my actual to my contacts we don't have time at all you know we have made ourselves people that are useless when it comes to time management Everything that we're doing, the gadgets are there to guide us. You know, it's like you're here, you're doing something, your brains are one one side, or 90% of the brains is on the gadgets to see what the gadgets brings first. I think we need to start cutting uh, loose of that shaft and giving ourselves enough time to sit actually and contemplate. You must remember, the other reason why we've kept in there is to be locked one side and to get uh, accustomed to this. And yet Allah Ta'ala wants those people that will sit, you know, just sit, without anything, just sitting there and looking at the skies, looking at the trees, looking at uh, these animals that Allah has created, look at everything, how it's moving and actually pondering, how is Allah sustaining them without going to school and earning diplomas and degrees and uh, professorates for them to actually be sustained. But they're still living and they're happy and they're smiling, they're jumping about, they're going about their days well without any issues. You know, this is what Allah wants us to sit. Because in that way, we sit and look at them, how they're being sustained day and night. You know, you see a really Allah Ta'ala is great. And this should be saving as an example as well. As you remember in the tradition, our Nabi Sallallahu has mentioned, He says, in a beautifully uh, hadith, he says, if we all had full yakin and tawakkul in Allah as he deserved to be, 
you know, he was going to sustain us the same way he's sustaining the birds. They leave in the morning with empty stomachs. They'll come back with a full stomach and excess to those ones that are the chickless in the nest. So this is what we need to be sitting sometimes and pondering and thinking to say, yeah, how is this happening? How are these birds flying? You know, with two wings, they can fly all over and come back and the rest of that. And look at this heaven, how big it is. I mean, there's no pillars that we can see. Yet my small house, I have to make five, six pillars in order to have my roof sitting on that. Yeah, subhanAllah, Allah is great. This is what Allah wants us to be sitting and uh, looking upon. And in that way, Shaf, it help our tongues to actually direct itself to the right direction of understanding. Because if you see that, Definitely to sit you back to understand Allah be the light of mind to say with Allah's remembrance, definitely our hearts will get that satisfaction and uh, contentment, Shaf. I tell you, Sheikh Shoemai, there's so much more to discuss and uh, and uh, many points uh, that have come through my uh, head. I've been making notes of it, but I inshallah I think uh, next week we can continue with a part two on this uh, same topic. And uh, as I said, uh, you are very uh, uh, you flowed with it. Alhamdulillah, Allah has inspired you. Really enjoyed uh, your uh, contribution, Sheikh Shoemaida. Perhaps your parting words uh, this evening. Shaf, you know, the tongue is actually the part of the body that Allah has made as a flesh to either destroy us or to manage us. So let's, let's use it to the best uh, purpose that it manages us by making good, uh, you know, use of it in actually making peace around the people around us using the tongue. And inshallah, that will save us and all of us who go to Jannah. And once again, you must remember me when you're going to Jannah, I told you, leave one nice tool outside the window so I know I'm next to you. I'm your neighbor. <laughs> Sheikh Shabada, I even ask you the same uh, uh, du'as too, you know, uh, Allahu Alam who's going there, but uh, inshallah hope and pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses us and gives us a glad tidings when we uh, meet him. Sheikh Shoy Maida, Jazakallah khaira for your time. You have a blessed evening ahead. I'll talk to you soon. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yes, sir, people, time for us to go for our break. Uh, when we get back, inshallah, we'll be joining Maulana Salim Karim.